is still so much for any individual frauder to gain by being an active part of the fraternity throughout his lifetime. You're listening to the Teak Nation podcast with Donnie Aldrich, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE. Thank you for joining us. Welcome into the Teak Nation podcast. Our guest for this episode is Chris Niles, who is the Director of Alumni Engagement. He is going to spend some time with us today to talk about this extremely important area of our fraternity. We do have around 240,000 living alumni in Tall Cap Epsilon, and it is his sole role of all of the men on the staff uh, day in and day out to focus on how we can serve and provide value for these men. Frater Chris, welcome to the Teak Nation podcast. Thank you, Donnie. It's exciting to be here. I'm really excited with what we're doing on the podcasts and how things have evolved here. Glad I can help. So let's jump right in in talking about alumni engagement. Can you identify in your role and your focus points, because alumni engagement is a big, broad word, what does that mean to you and in, in what you seek to accomplish day in and day out? Yeah, that's a big question that a number of us are continuing to dive in on. In general, to me, alumni engagement is a couple different things. It's an opportunity for a guy to still have teak as a part of his life in some way. That may be very different for different frauders across our map and across the years. But for Teak to still be a part of their life and for them to be doing something themselves that contributes to Teak and contributing what they can offer to support other alumni, to support their chapter, to support other frauders and the, the broad Teak experience. With that in mind, what value do you seek to provide in your role? Well, my focus is to help provide more of information for people so they're aware of those options. And a big focus for my work the past couple of years has been to create those platforms that help provide more access for people, whether it's the alumni associations, whether it's the volunteer opportunities on the regional level, whether it's our programs and events, trying to create more entry points for people to be able to connect. So let's touch on those, the opportunities to engage when some of our alumni members think about how can I engage with a fraternity. Many times I think they default to the chapter level and what they can get engaged in, and there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of opportunity there. There also is the chance for them to get out of the Teak neighborhood they grew up in, which is their chapter colony, and experience the rest of the city, the rest of the state, the rest of the country, the rest of the world, which is the Teak International brand. And can you talk about what opportunities exist? You touched on them briefly right there, but give them a little more energy, a little more life of what those opportunities mean. Absolutely. The alumni associations are a fantastic opportunity for people. And many frauders assume that the only way to do that is through their own chapter. The chapter-based associations are a valuable component of this equation and provide a valuable channel for guys to stay connected with their home group and with their fellow frauders from their scroll. But we also have an increasing number of area-based alumni associations 
all across the United States, still waiting to tap into that Canadian market. But within the United States, we have a number of these, not only in the larger metro areas, but also now some of our, you know, what I might consider the tier two cities, some of the smaller cities, some regions even that may not have necessarily a headline city, but we know that there's a pocket of alumni and opportunities for people to get connected. So the alumni associations just provide that opportunity to engage, to meet the other teaks near you, professional networking, professional opportunities, and an opportunity to stay connected with the fraternity and aware of what's going on. So if I wanted to find out if there was already an alumni association that has been created in the area that I live in, how would I go about that? Yeah, you can find that on our website. We've got those listed. We have a map there. As people are looking for where chapters exist, you can also find where the alumni associations exist. And you can also just contact me directly or or another member of the staff. Oftentimes, the, the higher level volunteers are very aware of that map as well. So I would go to teak.org. That would be the website where I could find that. And then I could contact you. I'm guessing email would be the the cleanest way to get to you. What is your email address? Absolutely. My last name is Niles. And like Nancy, I-L-E-S, cniles at tke.org. All right, perfect. So I can go there. I can learn about alumni associations if any exists. If I see that one does not exist and I'm interested in creating one, what is the process? What are the expectations? How large of a lift is that? That's actually something we've worked very deliberately on to make sure that it's not too much heavy lifting to get started. We want to make that an easy process to establish, though we want to make sure there's some stability and the likelihood of it maintaining itself. So yes, contact me directly, email or call me. And there are three primary steps. We want to know that there is critical mass and some interest. So we want a list of at least 20 interested frauders. We want to know that there's leadership. And per the Black Book, it requires a minimum of three officers. And then we want to know the group has some skin in the game. And there is a chartering fee that helps cover some of the expense for the support and the resources. And for just $200, a new group can charter itself for that biennium and be in good standing until the end of the next conclave. There's also a lifetime charter option that the majority of our groups choose once they've gotten established and been on board for a term or two. But to get started, it's 20 guys, three officers, and $200. Perfect. And if I get engaged with Alumni Association, or maybe I decide I I don't want to get engaged with Alumni Association, I want to volunteer. So it's an either-or. We have volunteers who are in the Alumni Association. We have volunteers who are not in Alumni Associations. But if I wanted to volunteer... What are my opportunities? What are my options? What does that look like? Again, there too, there are more options than I think most people are aware of. A lot of men assume that the focus is that chapter level, local volunteer. From their own undergrad experience, they're probably familiar with the chapter advisor, the board of advisors, alumni association officers, and those are great opportunities. Everybody is eligible to be doing those roles elsewhere other than their home chapter. And that's something that I think a lot of people overlook. They think if I'm not back near where I went to school, I don't have that opportunity. And we have chapters all around the map that are looking for additional support and looking for additional volunteers. We also have a regional volunteer structure that creates all sorts of opportunities, whether you're fresh out of school and looking for a way to stay engaged or perhaps later on as a professional or perhaps even having reached that age of retirement and now looking to re-engage differently. There are opportunities that in some case 
give you the opportunity to work directly with one or more chapters, a little FaceTime with the groups, visit the group a couple times over the course of the year. There are different opportunities where you can be a consultant type resource based on a specific area of interest or expertise that doesn't require the travel, doesn't require the FaceTime, but you're just available and willing to take the phone calls and respond to the emails when folks are looking for some additional support. And those are just the the named roles, right? Those are the opportunities where there's a commitment of time. You know, you're committed for a year or more. You stay in that role. But there are so many different ways to volunteer for the fraternity that don't require taking on a title and making a multi-year commitment. Yeah, we would love, we call it micro-volunteering, right? I know that's a term that you've used. Mm-hmm finding small ways of us just engaging with a chapter once a year to talk about business acumen because we know that our men could use that or talking about being a father or talking about managing people or discussing how to balance finances. There's a lot of lessons out there that our alumni members could impose on our collegiate membership if they were interested and something I know people are passionate about sharing their story or passing along their success. There are platforms to do that, and we are overjoyed to be in a position to align that or to create contacts, share with them who the current president of the group is, or key people they should talk to if they want to get engage that local level. And I know that you enjoy serving in that role. Yeah, it's a great way for me to be able to provide those connections. And whether it's for a guy that wants to come in once and just share some of his personal story, whether it's a guy that has a talent and who can visit a chapter and and do something directly for them or help with the house or some other project that they're in the midst of, whether it's coming and participating in one of our other programs, there's all sorts of opportunities. So we've talked about what the roles are that people can get engaged with between alumni associations or volunteering. I know you touched briefly on alumni events. The next question is why? Why should I engage at the international level of TKE? To me, that's a really simple answer because we all value our TEAK experience. TEAK means something to our members and always has. I often travel wearing letters, so I'll have people approach me. And I think one of the most saddening things to me is when someone comes up and says, hey, that's great. I used to be a TEAK. And that's somebody who's missing out on the opportunity. You know, as great as the collegiate years were, three, four, five years And people talk about the collegiate years being the best part of their life, but there's another 30, 40, 50 years beyond that. And opportunities to engage with this fraternity at different points in your life and to build more connections and to continue building teak memories throughout your lifetime. Paint the picture, if you would, some of those success stories, some of those teak memories. You're lucky enough that you get to participate or at least be knowledgeable on some of those events that happen for for these men for those 20, 30, 50, 60 Mm -hmm. years. Talk about those. Yeah, I really enjoy when I get a chance to go out and participate in some of those events, which at first feels a little odd because I might not really know any of the guys at the event. I've just been asked to come and represent the fraternity. And every time what I get from people is how grateful they are that we're there honoring them and their event. Having the chance to go back to an anniversary or a reunion event and seeing the way the guys react and the way they just fall right into cadence with each other, talking about their memories and sharing where they are now and getting excited about what they can continue to build next. One of the difficult times, I think, is when groups come together after the passing of a frauder. 
And if they haven't been meeting together through other means, they don't have the anniversaries, they don't have the alumni association, they get together and that becomes the spark, which I've been a part of those conversations. The, you know, you know, this is, we shouldn't let this happen again. We should get together more often. We want to start an alumni association. We just were all together at, you know, Bob's funeral or whatever that might be. But I, I think one of my favorite memories really has been sitting in the ritual triangle with guys who haven't been there in decades. And again, it's unfortunate that they haven't been there, but the opportunity to sit in a ritual and to have those frauders hold the gavel in their hand and share their perspective, not having been there in 30 years, 40 years, and for them to share some of that memory and what it means to them is, has been very powerful. Unfortunately, many adults can relate that you don't see people from your past unless you go to a wedding or a funeral many times. And that, that is something that we see in the fraternity as well. And the importance of talking about this, and we hope that we have alumni who are listening. We hope if you're a collegiate member listening to this, you pass this along and share this with alumni members, or at least put it on a message board, put it somewhere. Because we have about one to 2% of our alumni that are engaged, and we are so much better than that. And and I know in working with collegiate members over the last decade, and you have as well, Chris, when you talk to them, it's always the same story. We want alumni to be more engaged. We want alumni to come around. We want alumni to contribute. We want alumni to, to pass along their lessons. And then when those collegiate members become alumni members, they fall into the same activity. And it's it's unfortunate because we can do better and we must do better of living up to what we all promised when we took the bond of the fraternity, which is that we were going to be engaged for life and that we're going to be contributing members for life. And there's, as you said, many, many ways to do that. There's not a, a judgment of you contribute in this way versus that way, but contributing in some way is really the key. And I know what you're striving to do through your role. And that's where, again, alumni associations are so very important in my mind, so that when Every graduating class of frauders reaches that mark in their own trajectory that they're not just stepping away from their undergraduate chapter. They immediately see a pathway of where they're going to, and they can step into an alumni experience, not just away from their undergraduate experience. And that creates those first steps. It helps people see what the opportunities are and part of why it's such a high priority. So let's make this personal for people. If I get engaged in an alumni association or if I get engaged as a volunteer, what skills can I get? What benefits? What do I get out of that experience from what you have seen, from what the fraternity looks to produce or put out there for members who get involved in that way? What do I get? Yeah, that's an easy answer. There's so much there, right? The, the social dimension comes to mind first and people value the relationships and the networks. And I, I was just at an event at Penn State a couple weeks ago, and there was an alumnus there who has stepped away from the fraternity for a number of years and is reengaging now. And, you know, I asked him on the spot to think about the relationships he's had since graduating and if he could ballpark kind of a, a percentage of how many of the people in his Teak network now are the guys from his undergraduate years versus those he's met since graduating. And he, his face lit up. He's like, hey, 75% of my Teak reality, my Teak network is guys I never even knew as a student. It's all these other guys I've met professionally while traveling in my industry, out of my industry, people where I've lived that I had no idea. 
that itself, that social dimension, is where the fraternity starts. But even that is just such a small part because the, the professional side of it and the real skill development is another valuable piece of this. And I've, I've worked with volunteers who are able to articulate how their volunteer role has helped give them opportunities that has made them more competitive for the next job promotion. I've had volunteers asking, how can I get involved in this particular kind of an opportunity because I'm trying to build out my professional skill portfolio? And there's an opportunity here with the fraternity that's going to help me build out professionally. Let's break that down a little bit more. If you're involved as a volunteer, what type of skills are you going to gain in working with a chapter and helping to mentor or direct collegiate students as well as working within that volunteer team, working with men like you, working with members of our regional team? What are the types of skills that I'm going to exhibit and also have a chance to grow by being involved in that opportunity? It's easy to work with the social side of that. And even as you mentioned, mentoring, that's a great professional skill. The best supervisors are good mentors. And sometimes folks who haven't had much of an opportunity to supervise yet in a professional sense are trying to demonstrate where they do have that experience and that knowledge. And by mentoring and advising on the fraternity side, you can demonstrate that you know how to do that and you've got the skill sets necessary to step into perhaps a first-time supervisory role or that first step into a much larger supervisory role. You can build your experience around the organizational perspective and understanding all the different moving pieces. And when I think of folks, again, moving into that supervisory level or moving into more of a senior management level, you need to understand how the enterprise operates and the interconnectedness of things, whether that's the people and the human resource, whether it's the finances, the decision-making, the project management, all of those things come into play, and you have the opportunity to work with all of those various pieces through our fraternity experience. As I think about that, listening, your listening skills are going to get better working with students as well as working with other alumni members. And the second piece that that ties into is generational. As you volunteer for the fraternity, as you get engaged in alumnus, you are working just like our staff members do, professional staffers, of all the different generations that exist. So you have you know, the younger generation, you have people who are 18 to 30 who are starting to build their life. You have guys from 30 to 50 who are in the maximum piece of their earning potential. They're very busy. Their families are starting to grow up. They're starting to save for college. They're starting to plan for retirement. Then you have members in the 50 to 70 age range that are starting to retire. They're starting to plan the rest of their life. They're starting to become empty nesters. And then obviously 70 plus of members who are contributing in in different ways at high levels on boards. Uh, They're starting to look at what legacy are they going to leave behind. They're very engaged, many of them as grandparents. So your communication style, your listening style, I think you really grow in this where if you're typical alum that goes and engages with people who are just in your age set or just your generation set, obviously this this gets you out of that. That gives you that opportunity. Planning is a large piece that our volunteers work with and helping our collegiate members to plan, to budget, to start to think about how they communicate. I know that's something that every company, every organization, they want to be better at communication. Every employee feels like they could know a little bit more of what's going on, a little bit bigger heads up. We can help to prepare and share that with our collegiate members and model that as alumni members. This volunteer role gives you a chance to do that. 
it can increase your ability to speak. I know that's something that you see a lot with, with our volunteers as they work, their ability to speak with others, ability to publicly speak, their ability to convey a message. This gives you that, that platform and that opportunity. Those are just some of the skills that, as you were talking, sparked for me as well, that this role can benefit you directly versus a lot of times when we talk about volunteering, it's, well, the fraternity wants me to help, fraternity wants me to help. The, we are looking to ensure you get something out of this. You know, the mission of the fraternity is to aid men in their mental, moral, and social development for life. Our role is to ensure you're still developing as well. And I know that's something that you're deeply passionate about. Yeah, the intergenerational piece of that, I think, is perhaps the most valuable side of it for many guys. When undergraduates think about the alumni experience, you know, we, we recruit on the value of networking and the access to our alumni. The alumni have the same thing both working with younger and older guys and learning how to communicate with them, how to pitch that story, how to convince and persuade somebody is different depending on where they're at. And that's a fantastic professional skill to be able to develop through your fraternity experience. I think an additional piece is the networking. Your ability, if you get involved as a volunteer, you're introduced, or even through alumni sessions, you're introduced to all these other men in the fraternity that have various experiences and various stories that you can tie into and you can learn everything from how they work within their family or how they are involved in business. You'd be shocked at the amount of connections that our men create. And you talked, you touched on it of of a frauder who 75% of his relationships were now outside of his chapter. And that's why we're both passionate. And, and also it's sad at times to see men just engage with their chapter because of all these vast experiences and opportunities and networks and connections that exist if they want to take advantage of it. And I think they'd be shocked at how this really is a big family. There's no need to be concerned about how am I going to fit in or how do I get my foot in the door? Once you put yourself out there and put your hand out, how many people want to shake it? How many people want to say, hey, we'd love for you to come get involved with this or that, or we have a deep need here. It really is for us. How do we find more and more of those phenomenal professional men out there who can, who can contribute in some way that benefits them, but also benefits the organization? Diversity has always been a hallmark of our organization, and I think it compounds that very effect, right? So many folks, as you get into your career, it's easy for some people for their circle to start shrinking, right? And their primary network is folks in their business, in their industry. It's that small circle of friends they may have in their neighborhood, in their community. But if they're not involved in other things, it sometimes can narrow in on itself. Absolutely. And the diversity of the fraternity gives people access to folks, again, of all ages, all these different industries, different aspects of that that can just be so enriching both professionally and personally throughout the lifetime. So another opportunity to access some of these people and to grow that circle that you have is through some of the programming that we have. And I know there's a, a few different programs. You are a master facilitator and extremely passionate about programs. You've been involved with the fraternities programs for over the, the past 20 years. Can you talk about what are some of those programmatic opportunities where I will get to see some other volunteers, some other members who are just engaged as alums, some other skills that I can grow and develop? What are, what are some of those programs that the fraternity puts forward and how are ways that guys can get involved? Yeah, in many of these, they're the same programs that are available to the students, and too many of our alumni aren't as aware of the value of them for themselves as alumni. You know, the big headline events, Conclave certainly, is a great opportunity to come out and celebrate the fraternity with other alumni. I know there was a group from Waynesburg that 
came together as a reunion this year, right? They're, in their case, their chapter isn't even open, and that's unfortunate, but they used this as an opportunity to come together, and now they're talking about using that as a chance to have this kind of floating destination trip every couple years as a reunion with each other because they had such a valuable experience meeting other alumni, learning more about the fraternity and, and connecting with other professionals. The regional leadership conferences that we do around the country, you know, this year we're in Chicago, San Francisco, Jersey City, and Atlanta. Those are in February, and in fact, the regional leadership conferences provide ample opportunity to meet other alumni frauders from your part of the country. Some are actively involved as volunteers, and others are just coming in to see what's going on. We host an alumni reception on Friday night in each of those cities, and then uh, various workshops and keynote speakers and other opportunities throughout the rest of the weekend. But even more localized than that, the province forums that happen in the fall, you know, we have 40 plus events that happen all over the map typically in the fall. That's where I was just at Penn State a couple weeks ago. Those happen all over the place. And again, that's a great opportunity to come out and see what's going on for the fraternity, but to connect with other alumni nearby. Alumni associations host their own events. So there's all sorts of opportunities, whether that's for the social networking kind of hour or other times they're doing speakers of their own sort, and sometimes they're simply taking advantage of other events in the city for socializing, whether it's at the art gallery or the ball field or the local zoo or whatever it might be. So there's all sorts of ways to access that. Yeah, the largest gathering that we have with alumni at one time is typically at Conclave, and Conclave will happen in 2021. It'll be August of 2021 in Houston, Texas. That's something that our, we hope our alumni members can plan for. We had our largest representation of alumni this past August in Orlando. We'd love to double that in Houston, Texas in, in August of 2021. Another area that I would point members to is if you go to teak.org slash resources, there are resource guides there. Another way for, for folks to learn about some of the things we do, learn about some of the alumni association pieces that you've touched on, ways that they can get engaged, even just talk about what is going on within the fraternity. I know that Alex Baker, who works on our IT team, they're very prideful about the amount of resources, the amount of information that they put on teak.org. And so I think that's another place to steer people for ways that they can get involved, ways to learn about opportunities you're talking about to get engaged and learn about events that go on throughout Teak Nation. One critical event that will be occurring here in the near future is Founders Day. And that's a, another great opportunity for our alumni to engage. Obviously, you've spoken about the social aspect and, and how critical it is. And obviously, it draws us all together and brings back memories and, and stories. Can you discuss the importance of Founders Day and, and engagements that you've had in this role and also ways that folks should consider getting involved? Yeah. Founders Day is that one shared date that crosses all of our groups. And it's a great opportunity to honor the memory of the fraternity our mission as a group, and to celebrate it with your fellow frauders of all ages. There are Founders Day events that happen all across the map, some much larger, some small and personal, some formal, some informal. It doesn't really matter how you're doing it, but it's a great opportunity to make the time to celebrate Talk App Epsilon. So whether that's a formal banquet, whether that's a couple guys getting together for a drink, whether that's a casual dinner at someone's house, whatever that might be, 
it's it's a great opportunity to celebrate that and to to have some teak time with each other. And I also know that it's something that the the alumni associations they celebrate and they have their own events, especially alumni associations that are if it's the Tampa Bay Area Alumni Association, they have a Founders Day event mm-hmm. or the Washington DC Area Alumni Association. There's a number of of alumni associations, especially the area-based ones that have events. So it's a great thing to either get in contact with you and email you or to possibly go on Facebook and look in some of the the Facebook groups that we have around the fraternity where they promote and highlight that. They welcome folks. They want you to come in. It's a great chance for you to possibly see what being part of an alumni association would be or what getting involved. Some of those men are volunteers. A great opportunity for you to meet them and learn firsthand from them. What's the experience like? What can I gain out of being involved with the fraternity at the international level? And why should I do it? That's that Founders Day event can really be a place to get your foot in the door and mm-hmm. get you comfortable with the international landscape. Yeah, a lot of chapter-based groups may not jump at Founders Day because oftentimes the students are away from campus and they don't see that necessarily as a prime time. I know there are a number of chapter groups that still celebrate Founders Day. They might even do it later in the month. They wait to have the students back so they can do a shared student and alumni event, but absolutely, the area-based groups, those events are being advertised now. We will start having more of those on the Teak website at teak.org slash events. You can see events that are happening in various locations. So having that opportunity to see what's happening near you or perhaps to decide to do one yourself, be sure to share it with us so that we can promote it so the next guy can find out what you are up to. That events page is a great opportunity to see what's out there and to help promote your own events. If, if we have that posted on the website, we also tie that in with our social media posting and can also help with some blast emails and invites to support the event. If I am someone who falls upon this podcast and I'm extremely busy between family and also professional priorities, and I'm not able to be involved in this way, another area that you can, this sounds great, I want to support it, maybe I can't do it time right now, is the Life Lotique program. Can you talk about the Life Lotique program for both those who don't have the time to get engaged, but maybe those who are also volunteers, a lot of those guys are also Life Lotiques. Can you talk about that program, why it is so critical for us to embrace that as an organization and the impact that it can make on the fraternity? Life Loyalteek is one of our donor programs, and it is intentionally designed for that small gift. We're not asking for a large donation in this, $18.99 a year or $50 a year, and asking folks to give that amount each year. Just that simple commitment for a number of years throughout the rest of your lifetime. It's the fraternity for life. But the program was specifically designed for that small touch over time, and our power is in our numbers. If we have that many more alumni frauders offering a little bit of that direct support to the fraternity, that's what creates additional opportunities that money goes to support our educational programs, primarily the regional leadership conferences, the Alumni Volunteer Academy that we haven't even gotten into yet. But one of the primary benefits of that is that it gets you a magazine. And for anybody who contributes to the Life Loyal Teak program, you're getting the Teak magazine that you're well familiar with from your undergraduate years. You get a subscription to the magazine throughout the year, and you're able to see what's going on for the fraternity. If I, I believe really strongly that if we could simply help get the magazine into the hands of more people more regularly, that would help more alumni be aware and, and want to be more connected. 
Yeah, and you get four of those a year with that Life Loyalteek investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the biggest thing that I can share on that is why we really want people to invest in the Life Loyalteek program is it helps to advance the mission of the fraternity. When, when you make that contribution, you are helping to allow our staff to go out for yourself, go out to these alumni events and get more people engaged with the organization and paint the picture for what they can do and and to grow their skill set. And it also supports our staff and their ability to put on leadership programs to help make the the men within the collegiate chapters better, to make the alumni who do participate in the Volunteer Academy, we'll get to that here in a second, to help to grow their skill set and to allow our men to go out there and grow the organization. It's something that I, I would hope every single Teak is passionate about. How can we spread the gospel of the fraternity? How can we have the fraternity in many more corners? There are a lot of alumni who maybe their chapter closed. Well, this is a great way. We do have an expansion team. You're putting a small contribution towards the growth of the organization, and that very possibly could touch your chapter once again down the road in, in being created again, if the circumstances are right. But in, in your small way, you're helping to advance the mission of the fraternity. You're helping to advance what we all said we wanted to do, which is to see the fraternity thrive. And so I appreciate you talking about that, Chris. I also appreciate anyone considering making that small contribution because it does make a large impact with 240,000 living alumni. You can start to do the math of compounding. If, if we could get more people passionate about that, you know, the number's not nearly where it needs to be. So I appreciate folks considering that because it does allow us to do all the things we want to do in, in moving TKE forward. Let's lastly, two things I want to talk about. First is the Alumni Volunteer Academy. Can you touch on what that is, what it wants to accomplish, and why folks should have any sort of interest or engagement either in contributing through Life Loyalteek that benefits that or being someone who would want to be involved as a participant? Yeah, the Alumni Volunteer Academy is an opportunity. We're hosting it now in alternating years when Conclave doesn't happen. So we'll be doing this again in summer of 2020. And it is an opportunity to bring volunteers together from across the map and to talk about the leadership at its highest levels and to really explore the culture of the fraternity and to get volunteers connected with each other across the map, as I said, and engaged in a different manner. We have shifted it at different times in terms of who it's targeted to, who the focus is, and that has given us an opportunity to have sometimes the senior most and most veteran volunteers involved down to the graduating senior who's trying to imagine how and where his pathway takes him and to create the connectivity across that. When we hosted it last year at Georgia Tech, we got great response because of the mix in the programming. We had general sessions, we had small group conversations, we got into specific topics, and as well as the broad kind of big picture of the mission and and directions of the fraternity. So it's really a fantastic opportunity to, to dive in on a deeper level. So last piece that I would like to talk about is Fraternity for Life. It is something that has been a theme of the organization for decades, and it's something that you are a living testament to. What does Fraternity for Life mean to you, and and what would you like to share in a closing message to any of our alumni who are out there hearing you speak about Fraternity for Life, or even our collegiate members who haven't reached that level yet, but Maybe they're a junior or senior who feel like they've contributed so much for the fraternity and they're ready to focus on the rest of their life or focus on their profession or focus on the LSAT coming up. And what message would you have for any of those folks right now? Fraternity for life means so many different things, and each guy needs to find his own way. But I think the the emphasis of it 
is part of what we already touched on, that there is still so much for any individual frauder to gain by being an active part of the fraternity throughout his lifetime. And it is natural for each guy that he's going to – that's going to shift at different times. But there is always an opportunity to be staying in touch and aware or to be actively engaged and socializing with fellow frauders or to be more directly involved as a volunteer. That full range is always there and each of us has that opportunity to be contributing to help the fraternity thrive but also benefiting from that experience. The thing that is important to me and what I want everybody to understand, I just had this conversation with leaders from 35 different alumni associations last week on a series of conference calls. I understand that for most frauders, their primary commitment is to their home chapter. That is meaningful. That is powerful. That should be there. What I don't understand is how many frauders then seemingly don't keep Teak at the enterprise level somewhere involved in that awareness and commitment as well. So I, I challenge all alumni frauders to stay connected with their home chapter and their own chapter's alumni, but also to understand the importance and the value of supporting Ta Kappa Epsilon fraternity, not just your own chapter, and to consider how you can support that, whether that's the finances, whether that's the volunteer involvement, whether that's simply being more aware of what's going on for the fraternity so that it can inform your conversations at the local level. My challenge is for every alumnus to be involved in both dimensions of that, both the local and the international. Well, thank you, Chris. I want to encourage folks who are listening to the podcast also interact with the International Fraternity on on our social media platforms, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I want to thank you for your passion, your passion for leadership development, for finding more teaks out there and, and leading them towards getting engaged with the international organization, for living and advancing the mission of our fraternity, and most importantly, for your love for TK and how dedicated you are to seeing it continue to grow and thrive and be far more impactful than it is today and all the people that we can reach if we do this right. So thank you, Friar Chris, for joining us today. Thank you, Donnie. It's an honor to serve on this staff and to play this role working with our alumni, which are so important to what we do.